G'day ladies and gents, welcome to Life of Mine, the go-to mining podcast. Matty Michael with you once again and today you'll be tuning into our first instalment of the 2019 Highlights Package and no better way to start than bundling together the funniest stories we've heard throughout the year and this will range from Sean Stewart's rumours to Mick Roden losing his hair or obviously Tucker's Boomgate story will get a run plus many, many more. Anyway, let's just get into it. So, first up, we'll go right back to the start of the show with Life of Mine's first onboarder, John O. Johnson from Australian Resources Contracting in Episode 3. And he's dobbing in one of his rise miner mates. Let's see what he's got to say. Oh, mate, uh, yeah, it's tough. There's so many. But the one I always remember was uh, we're one of the old air leg miners. He, uh, he was starting, up, starting off a rise. He might have been two or three cuts up. So he just wasn't much. No, he's only just up. And uh, I think we had, a, we had a few. We, we always had a few drinks back then. And he, uh, he, uh, I think he needed to go to the toilet. And he, I think he might have followed through. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, uh, touch and cloth, though. Touch and cloth, well and truly. Um, so he had nothing to tidy himself up with. So he uh, he stripped off naked, and uh, he was on the eastern drive, and on the western drive was the guy's no longer with us, Graham Parker. Now people that know Parker, he was one of the funniest guys I've ever worked with. He uh, if there was one person you didn't want to catch out in a situation like that, it was Parky. So Parky's walked around the corner right at the time that uh, old old mate here is uh, completely naked, perched up on an air leg rise ladder with a water hose up his ass, washing the shit off him. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he said, don't tell anyone, Parky. And, well, Parky and Parky told everyone. <laughs> right, good bit of toilet humour to start off with. So anyway, next up, we've got David Tucker, everyone's favourite. And I've only picked a few of his out. There was plenty. But I've obviously got we've got the Boomgate one, and we've got a bit of a bit of a couple of chats about the Blake showers up at mine sites. Right up. I'm going to play a game with you. Tell me what you just the first thing that comes to the mind when you hear these two words, Boomgate. <laughs> oh, this was mentioned when someone said that was going on here, but uh, yeah, probably the best way to get shot, I reckon. Probably the best way to get shot. Um, well, yeah, pretty Do much. Do tell. Do pretty tell. much working in West Africa in Mali. It was about six weeks into my swing. I uh, was there on a bogger. Yeah, went to just leave the workshop and go underground. There was all compound, blah, blah, blah. The old security guard decided, well, just not going to let you go to work. Want to check the bogger, see if you're stealing anything, even though I'm leaving to go to work. I just couldn't comprehend it. After about five minutes not letting me through, I just cracked the shits and just backed up. Third gear just drove straight over the boom gate, just flattened the whole lot, straight over the causeway, down the down the pit, into the portal. Shift boss comes down. He's like, fuck, what are you doing, mate? I'm like, oh, he wouldn't let me out. He's just laughing. He's like, you're going to get shot. I was like, yeah, well, do you want me to finish the shift or like, should I just go home now? Worked all night. Yeah, my manager the next morning is like, what am I going to do, mate? Like, I've got no choice, do I? Like, you know, Jesus, you just run the whole boom gate flat and the fuck out of it. 2,900 loader, just dozed it. So, yep, flight that Arvo, beautiful. Back home we go. Yeah, got to have, got to have a good few good stories, you know. 
Hagen Bethel having showers with all the blokes at the at work is always a good topic. Oh, Telford was oh no, that was the worst. That was the ga- the gayest showers I've ever seen. Seven shower heads each wall and just fucking help. That yourself, was just mate. like yeah. buddy, oh look, mate, you can everyone's only f- out there. Mate, you can only fuck with the dick you got. Like, but then like- as soon as one guy walks in with jocks on. It's yeah, odd. It's awkward. It's awkward. <laughs> then you start throwing like throw uh, soap at throwing him. Throwing soap at him. And f- <laughs> the boy, all the charge up boys, bloody, um, oh, having a name, bloody George, um, Jared, Jacob. Jared, Jacob, all those boys. There's a few charge up boys. Used to have the, they love the showers. The giant fucking lackeys. Yeah, well, they hung like horses. Well, of course, they love the showers. <laughs> but then they're all in charge up. They had the giant fucking lackeys, and you'd be in there having a shower, and you're just getting peppered with fucking massive lackeys. That's in the right. Like, I used to bring all the rubber bands. It'd turn into yeah. pretty much a full blown punch up in the showers because you're getting smacked. Yeah. You just start, oh, mate. You can only fuck with the dick you got. Mine just does the job. <laughs> So you just just roll with it, mate. Don't no shame. Shame only gets in the way of good time, eh? Just, uh, just it is what it is, mate. Uh, Fuck, what are you gonna do? What so, are you gonna do? Uh, fucking everyone flicks fucking throw. Like man, the amount of times you fucking go to leave the shower and you're in a rush, and then some cunt fucking throws a handful of soap at your head right as you near the end. You gotta fucking go back into a shower and wash all the soap off, like all the time, just because it's hilarious. Like that shit. That shit happens. On the regular, like that's just how it is. Or the hand grip soap in a little container, and then someone's in the shower next to you, and as you're leaving, you just empty the whole thing over the top on top of them. <laughs> so then they're just covered in grip soap, and they spend another ten minutes trying to wash the grip soap out of their hair and shit. Like it's just that's just how it is, man. I'm sure it was no different back in the day. Or know. even even when they, you know, when they're in that deep. That deep and meaningful moment with themselves, where they got the, the all the the soap on their hair and they they're washing their hair and the soaps on their eyes, they got their eyes closed. Yep. that is the point of oh. vulnerability, and you just go in with a bit of an ass cheek grab. Yep, and they oh. just don't know who gets it. But the amount, or but the you amount grab, of people grab whatever saw, you want. The amount of people you see like lathered up and they got the they got the full face washed and they're like trying to wash all the shit off their face and that, and then somebody's standing behind them just slowly pouring more shampoo on their hair. So, like, <laughs> as they're scrubbing it all, it's just getting worse and worse and worse and it just doesn't end and they're like, what the fuck is going on? Every time they open their eyes, it's just more shampoo. <laughs> Rather than, like, they think they're washing it all off, they're just rubbing more shampoo and it's just, like, doesn't doesn't end and they're fucking, you know, cracking the shits and hiding in the corner trying to wash it off and, ah, uh, it's good, man. It's good for a laugh. It's good morale. Right, thank you, Tucker, the two I see of Life of Mine, or so he thinks. Anyway, next up, we've got Adam Turns, episode 15, underground safety specialist. And Turns, he was actually a copper before he started mining, and we just go into a little story of what his mates, uh, copper mates, did on his uh, farewell party. It was, there's actually a story to that night, too, if you want to hear it. I'm sure I probably told you. Oh, mate. If you reckon it passed the filter test, we're, we're all easier on life of mine, mate. It might. So anyway, two of the blokes had to go to work that day. One of them was coming over with me the next day. He was still staying to work. And so him and that one mate went to work and me and another bloke went to the Coogee Bay Hotel and got on the cans. Oh, the bay, mate. Oh, geez, many a good night at the old bay. Many a, many a schooner and 50 bucks in the pokes at that bloody joint. They made some money off me. <laughs> Mate, uh, so we had a, quite a session on the cans. About 11 o'clock, our flight was at 6 the next morning. I was sensible enough to wrap it up. 
And the boys had come and seen us. They'd driven out and said g'day to us at the pub that Arvo at about four or five o'clock or something. And anyway, they left and at 11 o'clock I wrapped it up and started walking home. So I walk up the hill, get back to the place and go, go in the front door. The door was never locked, always open. Anyway, so I grabbed the door handle and it's locked. I'm like, fuck's going on here? This is a bit weird. Anyway, I walk around the back to the back of the house, <coughs> open the door, go in, have a leak because it took me about 15 minutes to get home. Anyway, I go back into my little sunroom and I'm sitting down, trucking all my clothes into my bag because I was obviously very prepared and packed. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, I'm like, Jesus, my cock's burning. <laughs> I mean, God, does a clap come on this quick? Like, what the fuck's happening here? <laughs> anyway, I went and jumped in the shower, put a bit of cold water on it. Anyway, went back in, packed my bag. Anyway, next thing you know, I'll fall asleep. <laughs> Getting woken up. It's me, mate. Hey, Tansy, we've got to go. We've got to go. I'm like, oh, you know, drama. So I roll over. I go, mate, fuck. Wouldn't believe what happened last night when I got home. One day, fucking, when I was packing my bag, my dick just started burning and he's pissed himself laughing. Absolutely wet himself. Run out of the room and grabbed my other mate that he was working with and go, brings him back in and goes, Tansy, tell him the story, tell him the story. So I told him, I said, yeah, fucking come home, had a leak. My dick started burning. They're pissing themselves laughing. What they'd done, they'd left us at the Coogee Bay Hotel, come back up to the house, empty a can of capsicum spray on the door handle when I'd come home, I'd rub capsicum spray on my dick. <laughs> that is not what I was expecting. <laughs> I told that I told that story at his wedding too in the speech. He loved it. Right, good on you, Turnsy. Now next up, Tessa Churston from Tasman Safety and Training. Again, one of the other early on boarders, episode twenty, and we talk about. Uh, I guess the unfortunate outcome when uh, someone followed his instructions to the T. Let's see what he's got to say. Have you, have you got any for us? I've got one that <laughs> won't, won't um, stop the mine industry and get a few people walking another way. But I remember we were charging at Darlow and I charged under a guy. And look, again, another guy I've got a lot, a lot of respect for. He's, um, shit, he's probably 60 plus now. And last time I seen him on the charge, was five years ago, he'd probably still put most of us young guys to shame. Really? Um, Perry Gray was his name. So we were charging with that Darlow with him one day and um, – Interpretation to instruction, and look in my role today, training. It's one of the first questions I ask: Can you follow and understand simple instruction and interpretation to instruction? So, um, I've done a bit of shift bossing. You know, it's you give the guys an instruction; they look like you're like a moron. But interpretation to instruction. So, I had a young nipper down the hole. Um, we said to him, "Mate, can you go down to this heading and grab, um, take the rubbish away from the face?" So, yeah, away he goes, and we don't see him. We come down to hook it at firing time, and Shit, where's the debt cord and all the signal tube? And he'd gone round and uh, cut all the signal tube and debt cord and taken it all the way to the tip. So there was a few harsh words spoken then, but you look back on it now and laugh. The funny side, I still deal with this guy today. He's in a safety role as well now. And um, yeah, we still have a laugh and a joke about it. So, <laughs> oh, that's yeah, gold. Yeah. <laughs> well, you'd hate to hear the ones he told me off air. They definitely won't be getting a run. Anyway, we're down to the top end of the spectrum now. Billy Beeman. Top dog at Northern Star Resources, episode 28. And he's uh, 
unfortunately dobbed his mate in, Shane McClay, on a bit of an incident they had in their younger days when they were on service crew. I want to reference um, Shane McClay, Macca. <laughs> Because you interviewed him the other day, but so Macca and I, we've known each other since the start of uni, we started the same year, but you know, he finished a year before me, but anyway, he's a consultant now. Party <laughs> 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 joke. Sorry, Macca. But, um, but so we, we yeah, studied together and um, then we lived together for a couple of years as well and, and we both started at Canowna Bell. I was working my last year, um, doing my fifth year running the pub, working four 12-hour shifts Monday to Thursday and running the pub Friday, uh, Thursday night and Friday and Sunday after rugby. And uh, so Mac and I did service crew there for that year. And uh, he was a graduate then. And uh, did you notice that scar under his body? No, I didn't. Under his eye? No, right. Oh, he's got this nice scar there. It's fading. He might have put some foundation on it to cover it up for he you. Yeah, you never done. know. Yeah. Well, the running, the running joke is, you know, he's pissing me off on bloody service crew. So I ran the knuckle over him. <laughs> And split his, split his eye up, and that's why he's got that. He, he had about 12, I think it was about 20 stitches in there, and, yeah. and uh, yeah, opened him right up. But uh, <laughs> but that's not the, but the real story is, though. No, he's, <laughs> and he, he hate this because he prides himself on his infrastructure, but we're hanging poly. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you get your bloody your, your 110, your four-inch poly there, and you run your services because, you know, we're running services on, on bloody, on service day, and, and, you know, you're using the cage of the bloody... IT buddy to leverage the poly and hold it back and I think these days you've probably got stoppers and fucking hangers and yeah there's actual shit there yeah yeah so certified equipment yeah, to use certified this, equipment yeah. not, a, not a stubby bolt in the uh, and you've got corner, your full yeah. arrest on and all yeah, that yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We, none of that crap yeah. we weren't working out of a bogger bucket okay that's yeah. all I'll say yeah. um, we used to <laughs> um, but uh, yeah we're hanging the poly there and bloody and, the, and you know you get the tension on the poly and all of a sudden it literally flicked over the edge of the bloody cage and hit him in the face oh really and, shit and that would hurt safety glasses that yep. cut him so at least he was wearing his safety glasses yeah, so yeah. take that listeners but um yeah that, that bloody <laughs> swing of the poly absolutely cleaned him up oh that would straight have straight to surface 20 stitches that bloody 110 and mate this is going to be great because if i can get a feud going between you two this is going to be great for business <laughs> <We> can, uh, <laughs> he might win oh, <laughs> Well, I've actually lined Macker up for a, an interview in the new year and I'm looking forward to the rebuttal he's got against Bill. I reckon he's going to have a good one. So anyway, next up, these are a pisser. Mick Roden, episode 30. He's got a couple of stories here. I won't even go into it. Won't even do it justice. you just got to listen to what this bloke's got to say. Here's the rat. And I kept hounding everyone to get a job back on a jumbo, which I'd never been on at that time, but I just told them I was a jumbo operator <laughs> from Queensland. Oh, it's still happening now. That's what I did. <laughs> and because uh, that's where the money was, and that's yeah. where I wanted to be. I wanted to be on a jumbo. Yeah. So uh, anyway, the, someone left, and they, they said, right, oh, rat, you're, you're turned on a jumbo now. Show us how to do it. And I got put with a bloke by the name of Wayne Rolls, who I think still alive. Yep. And, man, he was a big boy. He was. He would have been six foot six, four feet across shoulders, and one hand on him would be two of mine. Yep. Big boy. And uh, he said, "Right, oh, And in them days, what used to happen? You had a bloke on the jumbo for one week, and you had a bloke on the bogger for a week, and then after a week you'd swap over. And that's the way the contract was yeah, right. set up. Yep. So, yep. which is actually quite good. And when you bogged, all you had to do is bog from heading to the stockpile. Yep. And your trucking crew would come down and get rid of all your dirt. Yeah. Pretty sort of similar, but not the same today. 
Anyway, come in to my turn on the jumbo, and he said, right, I give it shit. And I, yeah, right, eh? So uh, I got up on the jumbo, and I looked Rollsy right between the eyes, you know, looking up, four feet up in the air, so I could see him right between the eyes. And I said, you going to teach me how to use this fucking thing or what? And he couldn't believe it. <laughs> he couldn't believe it. He said, what do you mean, teacher? I said, I've never used one of these in my life. He said, you're fucking shitting me. I said, no. I said, but I want to be a jumbo operator, so teach me. Well, fuck me, mate. You should have seen the look in his eyes. <laughs> I thought he was going to kill me on the spot. <laughs> because that was a contract, two-man contract, yep. each shift. Yeah. And uh, anyway, he said, well, I'll say one thing for you, right? He said, you got guts. Yeah. <laughs> he said, so I'll teach you. And he did. Yeah. For the next three months, every time I fucked up, he kicked me right up the ass with his size 10 Western Mining Company steel cap fucking boots every time I fucked up, and he never missed. Yep. Well... It was quite simple. Um, it was stupidity, but it was simple. Um, I'd broken the shank, and the uh, Ingersoll ran drifters back then had a rotation rod on the outside of the drifter, and it sat on top. So once I changed the shank and started drilling again, because in a mad hurry, you, you just hurry up, you get the machine going, you drop all your spanners down on the ground, and you just start drilling and then tidy up afterwards. Well, when I bent down to pick up the spanner, is when my hair, which back then was about the middle of the shoulder blades, yep. <laughs> uh, got tangled on the rotation rod on the top of the drifter. Oh, shit. <laughs> and I didn't really come to until I was in the aeroplane flying back to Mount Isa. Uh, but what they told me was is that I apparently run around the corner to where there's a bloke by the name of Mick Orlov who was training to be a doctor by correspondence. And I'd never heard of that before in my life. And apparently that's what he was doing. And I went around him and I said, Mick, Mick, help me. What's up, Brett? What's up? And I turned my head sideways and all he could see is this big bloody mass of shit on my head. And he passed out. <laughs> and I was gutted. This is what I've been told happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, when I actually come to in hospital, this Mick Orlov was in the bed next to me. <laughs> and Earl Alexander, who was the mine manager back in them days, he uh, spoke to me and asked me what I thought happened. And I said, I've got no fucking idea. I remember bending down to pick up the spanner and then waking up here. <laughs> and apparently uh, when Mick Orlob passed out, I was really pissed off and I stuck my number eight size <laughs> gunpowder copper steel cap boot into his ribs and broke three of his ribs. <laughs> and then apparently I crawled out into the bloody main decline is where I collapsed and uh, that's where i got found out in the decline so you're pretty much you, you got oh, a, you, you pretty much got your skull you got your skull fucking ripped off yeah, piss and blood lifted the uh scalp uh yeah the scalp off the skull yeah and it actually started to tear and that's when apparently the roots of the hair let go right and ripped the whole scalp out but it was a bloody mess Oh, geez, they don't make them like the rat anymore. Anyway, next up we've got old Graeme Zuma Brand, episode 39. I think his name's Graeme. I just know him as Zuma now. Anyway, he's uh, he did a boy, bit of work over in Ireland and uh, just gives us a bit of an insight into his welcoming into the Irish culture when he uh, tried to intervene in a bit of a violence issue. See what Zuma's got to say. So, <laughs> me introduction to Ireland, mate, like... They had, at the time, you know, Navin was a reasonable sort of size town, but um, 
coming out of the nightclub there, and I got to say, I had a fucking skin full of beers and a few condiments to go on top of that. But, uh, <laughs> oh, they get you, don't they? Yeah, mate, you know what I mean. But uh, there I was walking up the street, fucking cooked, and fucking there's this young fellow, he's, and he's and he's giving the missus a bit of a fucking touch up, you know. And I thought, Jesus, this is a bit rough. So anyway, as a concerned citizen, I pulled him aside and said, "Come on, George, fucking ease up, mate," you know. Anyway, this fucking young Irishman, he turns around, he starts fucking squaring up to me. Oh, man, it's a bit late for this. Next minute, Matty, fucking bang, mate, right in the fucking ear, you know. Oh, what the fuck? So I've gone around with the elbow, but it was a fucking missus, mate. She's fucking <laughs> She's flogged not, me. Mate, she, she has given you. me one. <laughs> fuck, mate, yeah. <laughs> Oh, I just fuck this. I did here. Give her another one. I'm fucking going home to bed, mate. You know? Oh, yeah. That was sort that. of how it was, mate. But yeah, it was all good fun. But yep. yeah. <laughs> but... <laughs> ah, bloody good bloke, Zuma. Thanks, mate. And uh, thanks for thanks for the and Zuma's the bloody originator of the tagged off idea too. So bloody legend. Good on you, Zuma. Anyway, next up, Sean Stewart. You'd know him as Ted and WA or a few of the Kovar folks. Episode forty six. And uh, Ted, along with being, a, being on the jumbo for most of his life, he's uh, made a bit of a habit about spreading rumours on site, and he, uh, he shares a few of them here. Check it out. But the big one, the Bunbury to Mandra train line. <laughs> this was funny. Oh. And, oh, but there's a bit of a history. You've actually claimed yeah. it as uh, it, not your own. It was actually, yeah, it's not one of my own. The, the, uh, that happened, where was it? They were at Flying Fox, and... Uh, the bloke, I was just started there, and um, yeah, there was one of the shift bosses, I think he was at the time, it was uh, Bungie, I think his name was, and uh, the old Fruits, Kimbo, and all that. Yeah, they they got this header, letterhead made up with Barmenko <laughs> written on it, stating that they won the uh, Mandra to Bunbury railway line, and um, because of environmental factors, because of a, oh, what was it? Uh, some native fly down there that uh, <laughs> lays its uh, bur- buries its eggs in the sand. They couldn't put it over the top of this uh, national park, so they had to go underground. <laughs> 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 and uh, yeah, expression of interest. They, they, the whole crew that morning, the whole crew was in the in the office with the uh, project manager, who, who was also. In, involved in it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Put their names down for expressions of interest. <laughs> so then, this you've you've taken this um the, oh, this, yeah. this successful story. This successful you story. You bring it to Degrusa. Well, I've taken it everywhere. <laughs> so yeah, it's a good one. Because <laughs> like yeah, so so many of the bloody mining people live in fucking Mandra, so they're probably told their misses. Yeah, oh, fucking, I'm, I'm coming home, baby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Monday to Friday. Monday buddy. to Friday. <laughs> Cutting a tunnel, random. Oh. <laughs> oh, question without notice. Have you got any? Have you got? Did you jot? Manage to jot any other ones down? The the rumors. Oh, rumors. Oh, what else have I got? Oh, I told a couple of charge up blokes that um, trying to get some few faces charged a bit quicker. I told them that if we made it to this certain point by the end of the month, we're all going to get a ten thousand dollar bonus. <laughs> They charge like legends. <laughs> By the end of the month, I told them, oh, we'll one cut short, boys. <laughs> oh. Jamie Holland still doesn't really like me for that. <laughs> Where was that at? 
Uh, well, that was at Fox too, I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, old um, cross shifting Murray Nagel, and um, he took a month off, went over to the states to buy a house, and um, yeah, the, all the rumours sort of, sort of, nothing was going on. No one was saying much, and uh, I just started a little rumour up that uh, he was sick in the morning. He was actually going over to LA to try out for uh, for a, an acting career. <laughs> <laughs> that spread around pretty quick. That got back to me. <laughs> right, good on you, Ted. Now, we're getting real recent now. Episode 53, Loretta Patterson from uh, good old sunny Queensland and you would have heard this already, I'm sure, but if you haven't, this is a ripper. This is uh, Loretta's story about when she found out she was up the duff, you'd say, and it uh, it was pretty near the end of the pregnancy. Check it out. Um, yeah, I was pregnant with the young fella, so... <laughs> That's it. Now, this is an interesting story in itself. I've been told oh. um, there was a there was a bit of a there was a bit of an overlap between the pregnancy or the knowledge of the pregnancy and the boggin, wasn't there? Oh yeah. I, people say I don't even know how this happened, and to this day, I still don't even know how this happened. I've but... got a fair idea, and it probably involved Troy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one freak night in Perth. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we were talking about that yesterday with the, uh, you know, uh, we, we were talking about people, FIFO people struggling to fall pregnant sometimes because, you know, the ovulation cycle uh, may, may always, they might be ovulating when you're away all the time and people just can't get pregnant on FIFO. And like, but, yep. but in school, we were taught about, oh, you go in bareback once, they're pregnant. That's yeah, funny. exactly. <laughs> that, it sounds like that's what happened to you. Oh, pretty much. Like, <laughs> I d- well, the thing was, like, I was on two and one, he was on two and two. So, um, you know, we rarely saw each other. I always stayed in and done extras because he was always at work. So it was just, yeah, we might have met up once every six to seven weeks. Yeah. But anyway, um, I don't know. I didn't feel right, like. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go on break. I'll go to the doctors and see what's going on. And I pretty much was adamant I had cancer. I was like, yep, I'm, oh, I'm prepared for this, yeah. <laughs> I've got cancer, right? So I've gone and done all these tests. and um, It was like two or three days. Anyway, they finally like sent me for an ultrasound and old mate's like, oh, yep, right, I was i found the problem. I'm like, oh, it's cancer, it's cancer, it's cancer. <laughs> anyway, he goes, yeah, you, you're five and a half months pregnant. And I just- Five and a half him. months? Yeah. I just, I cried. I was like, he looked at me, he goes, what's wrong? I said, I've got to fly back to WA in two days. And that's all I was thinking about. He's like, I've got to fly back to work. Like how, I've just got on the bogger. How am I going to tell, like, my employer that I'm like, halfway through a pregnancy when they're expecting me to do like a three-week stint. I'm like, what? Oh, my God. Anyway. Holy shit. When Posse told me, I didn't know it was five and a half months. Holy shit. Did you not notice you were uh, uh, fat, like getting fat? No. Or you thought you were just bloated? 
I was still charging. So, like, I wasn't – I've always had, like, a beer belly. And I thought, oh, you know, I'll just, just I'll lay a off bit. the beer. Yeah. <laughs> Get off these beers, Jesus Christ. But then I thought, geez, I'm hungry. I'm so hungry all the time. And now when I look back at it, there's, like, key points. Like, one, I was starving. Like, if I went to the crib room, I was just – raiding the fridge like people are like my crib's gone missing i'm like oh, i'm so hungry i'm just I'm sorry I'll <laughs> it was the pregnant sheila <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and then i had a massive meltdown i was doing a bit of production charging i could not get the booster in the hole like oh my god so i got down i was just on the ground crying like <laughs> why won't you go in the hole like you meant to come up there just go in the hole and then, yeah i was like what and now i look back and i'm like yeah it's just hormones Oh, I reckon that's my favourite of the year. Definitely by far. Bloody legend. Uh, absolute underground super mum, that one. Good on you, Loretta. Anyway, next up, The Iceman, episode 56, Dave Ryan. The Iceman apparently is cool under pressure, but in this case, when he had the camera crew on him, far from cool under pressure. Check it out. They call you The Iceman. Cool under pressure. pressure. Yeah, yeah. I do know a moment that you've told me about under the pressure, you weren't so cool. I think it involved a three-metre split set and a camera crew. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one there. No ice man in that one. Um, yeah, they come out, they were doing a promotional video for the site and they've come out with the film crew and that and just first um, first drag, first heading off to the right, big heading, so three-metre bolts. Yep. And uh, old Davo thinks he's going to be smart, you know, film crew there, you know, doing that thing and um, spun the old boom around and, you know, jumped off, you know, this is how efficient I am. And um, put the, boom, the the bolt on the other side, for, you know, not thinking, you know, three-meter bolts, 2.4 is normally no issue. And um, since we were like on the turnout, um, yeah, went to swing the boom around and, the you know, the hole still bore on the mesh, the other one. And I'm like, ah, oh. tried to get around. It's it's not going to move, you know. It's not going to come around past that wall. I'm stuck. I'm stuck <laughs> under that boom that's boring. And I'm trying to – I can't pick it up any higher because it's not going to go any higher. <laughs> and then um, – so I've swung it around and as I've done it, it's fallen off the dolly. <laughs> so I didn't know that bit uh, actually. <laughs> then when I finished drilling the hole, I thought, shit. So I've picked the bolt up to throw in the – you know, the hole, and as I've picked the, the bolt up, the, the split is slid straight out past it. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, you know, old mates here off the, front, the crew and that, and old mate, the other old mate that's bringing them around, the leading hand, he's, you know, threw a couple of bolts for me. And uh, he said, oh, that's it, we're done now, thanks. And I went, and he walking away, I went, uh, he's not going to put that on the tape, are you? <laughs> <laughs> he went... Oh, I don't reckon. I said, well, can you just make sure it doesn't happen for me? And, and I was telling everyone about it because, you know, you might as well tell people because they're going to find out about it. And um, they're like, oh, yeah, they brought you down to see you and, you, you know, you're meant to know what you're doing and you're dropping bolts like that. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, anyway. Not a good day for the Iceman, but I've heard from reliable sources that threw bolts for the Iceman last week that he's just a, an absolute majestic creature to watch when he's on song, and he was on song last week. Anyway, to the final story. Maddie McLaren from Hard Rock Mining Solutions, the inventor of the resin inserter and the self-drilling split set, episode 57, and gives us a bit of a funny yarn about his... Uh, 
about his mate that was in the in a air leg stoke with him that uh, decided to have a bit of a snooze. Check it out. And we got fucking blind drunk going back to the mine site. As you do. As you do. Yep. <laughs> and um, got there at about three in the morning or something. Maybe had an hour's sleep or something and went to work. I said, Michael, look, mate, I know we're both pretty, pretty very young over, so just stay with me. Don't leave my side and I'll teach you all what, what's what tomorrow. Yep. But let's just get through today. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he's fucking no worries, mate. And uh, we're up, up in the stope and I'm boring with me air leg. And he's, he started out sitting in the fucking corner of the drive and then he sort of worked his way over onto his side. And eventually, he's laying face down like this with his head in his arms asleep. Up in the state, <laughs> on all this ore. <laughs> on the way up there, I was sort of showing him where the gold was, and it was free gold there too. It was fucking really yep. rich, like thirty fucking grams per ton. Yeah, you know, I showed him all this gold and stuff, and, and I've started doing. I said, "Mate, just stay with me, all right? Don't don't leave. I'll show you everything tomorrow." So Mick's fucking falling asleep, <laughs> face down like this, and I'm fucking drilling with the air leg. And um, next thing I see, this light, this other lights shine behind me. So I stopped the machine, and it was the old Pommy mine manager. Oh shit! Walks up into the stable. I'm going, what the, what the bloody hell is he doing here? Like he never used to come and check on us. So he's walked up along the fucking stope, steps over Mick. Now I've stopped drilling, so like I just when you're born stripping like that, you're not. It's not like it's that accurate. You're just born pretty much flat back stripping. Right. So I just leave the machine going full rip. And just yank it out of one hole into the next one. You know, so constant sound must have been all right for Mick to sleep in. Yeah. Stop the machine. Mick's waking up. This old pommy my manager's walked over him, stepped over him and goes, Well, there's a lot of fucking use to you, isn't he? <laughs> Mick's laying there like this, going, Fuck, how do I get out of this situation and show that I know what I'm fucking talking about? You know, yeah, yeah. all these looks in his head. Eventually he just springs with his fucking feet and goes, Well, there's no fucking goal down there. <laughs> <laughs> how good's that? Yeah, true story. Right, there you go, last one. Bloody, there was some pisses through the year. They're the ones I could find anyway. I'm sure there's plenty more. Anyway, stay tuned. I'm going to do numerous ones of these. I'm going to do one for I'll get the underground chat, tips and tricks, one for engineering, technical highlights, and another one for well-being and finance, etc. So stay tuned. I'll get them out all before Chrissy. Stay safe out there, everyone.